Let's get into uh so G because the prediction series, the Fugue State's still winning. Yeah, yeah even, baby. even after the Fugue State made you think, Oh, I got four out of five, and we had to say Actually, no, you did say Juice Robinson was going to be what was it, Naito? Yeah, Naito. Yeah. <laughs> you just had to be like, damn you, Fugue State. Uh yeah, right now. Uh, 42 for Dylan, 37 for me, uh, 28 for Blake Tanner, although hey guys, we wait, will say- what'd you say? I, could, I couldn't hear you. I'm so far behind. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, but, hey, you're not mathematically eliminated like we thought, uh, because I had done math wrong because I'm a millennial. And so you can- I was going to blame it on Alabama, but all right, sure. Well, you can still win, Blake. You just have to get everything right from here on out. You just got to get like everything right. Welcome to Five Boys, a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I'm the unofficial sixth member of Retribution. You can call me Bone Dog, a.k.a. Scotty Moore. That's funny, because it's me, Hollywood Blake Tanner, the fourth man. <laughs> and I am number 69, member of the Dark Order. <laughs> That's now the tweet. The tweet is now going to be, Dear Evil Uno, if I join the Dark Order, can I be number 69? Uh, oh. I'm sure that didn't already happen a thousand times. But yeah, sure, we'll go yeah. for it. If not, then you could be 420. You should tweet it at Brody Lee. That's way better. <laughs> <laughs> he just responds, What the fuck are you asking me? Why? So, SmackDown News, it was an episode, and they're probably stripping Otis of the briefcase, and the only person who says that's a bad idea is, in fact, Vince McMahon, so they're probably not stripping Otis of the briefcase. Great. I, I'm, in, I'm with you, Vince. 100%. Otis for life. Otis forever. Otis 100%. If I may, <laughs> Blake... Otis's options of people to cash in on will be Randall Keith Orton, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, or, or, Jey Uso. or the fiend Bray Wyatt, or maybe Jey Uso. Otis is going to run over him like a steamroller, because he's heavy machinery, baby. He's going to dance a jig on their graves. So you remember back in like 07 when Edge uh bragged about how he was going to take the <clears throat> the uh briefcase the world heavyweight championship with him and then Batista came out wrecked his shit and then Punk cashed in. Yeah. Replace uh Edge with Randy Orton and Batista with Drew McIntyre. And that's the most likely scenario I can come across. Oh, and, boy, and you got John Morris do go in there. Mmm. That's a big, hearty yeah, John meal. Morrison going to cash in on? The Fiend? No, no, no. Fucking trade. Miz and Morrison get broken up, but also this week they give Morrison the briefcase, gets traded to Raw, then your thing happens, cashes in on Randy or Drew McIntyre, Jomo champion, big Jomo push. 
Uh, I will say also, I can't believe I didn't bring this up. Yeah, they've Jay Uso is a, un, unofficially a main event star now. They have a hundred and ten percent made Jay Uso a star in my eyes. I mean, if you can cut a promos. I mean, he he's been doing great on promos. He had a great match against AJ where he didn't have to just get the shit kicked out of him the whole time and still seemed like he belonged there. So I'm I'm excited about where they're going with Jay. The rest of the show, garbage. I mean, yeah, both of the Usos have never been bad wrestlers. As a matter of fact, they're a really great tag team. Um, but well, yeah. Seeing, yeah, seeing him uh, do a singles guy is different. I actually prefer him as singles at this point because, like, don't get me wrong, the Usos are a great tag team, but they, like, ran out of room to grow. Yeah, they've like, done they've just kind everything. Of been, they, have, they have, like, it's kind of weird because some forever tag teams, like the Young Bucks or, like, Red Dragon, they, like, somehow keep it fresh. But, like, the Usos haven't been able to do that due to the constraints of WWE. I think the last big deal was when we got the Uso Penitentiary. And after that growth happened, stagnant. I mean, there was the bit where they beat the shit out of Xavier. I think that was the last big one. Yeah. And then uh, Roman. I love Roman because Roman was like, Uso, what's wrong with you? Why don't you just call me? Your tribal chief. I was trying to make you money at the pay per view. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do what I had to do. Do you want a title rematch? Fuck it. We got a rematch. And I'm like, this is the most naturally I've ever seen a rematch happen. Of just, you, you want fuck? You got it. I don't care. I mean, I'll give it to you. I, I want you to know that I am on your side as your tribal chief because you did call me tribal chief, and you know what? That is a binding he, contract. On. Jay did not. Jimmy did. So, like, that whole yeah, promo Yeah, they're was twins, like, so that's, like, the same thing. It is thing. the same thing, yeah. They are the same Which person. As a matter you? of fact, Roman probably just thought that he... They both said it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm looking at the rest of the show, see if there was anything else. Oh, yeah, KO is gonna be fighting The Fiend, which... Yeah. And also... And also Aleister Black. Wait, what? Is that... Do you see where Aleister Black fucking, like black masked him on monday oh yeah i thought you meant like he was added to the match no he's actually no that would have been fucking phenomenal i would pay good money to see alistair black versus the fiend yeah oh Oh, baby that's gonna be good uh but yeah that's that's exciting alexa is continuing to become harley quinn and i really like that i will say like the promo is weird but i i obviously it has to be of her just being like have you been around him it's intoxicating. Okay, Alexa, that's cool. Oh, honey. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot less southern than that. You're yeah. making it southern makes it creepier. On to Raw, the only story that fucking matters. Mustafa Ali's the leader of retribution. Fuck yes. I did like that uh, after that happened. Somebody made a a Twitter thread explaining why all the members of Retribution would be in Retribution. Yeah. And it was at that point that I, I realized that I didn't dislike Retribution because of who they were. I 100% only hated them because of how they were presented to me, which was with stupid masks and dumb names. Yeah. Well, I agree. And also that bit where they threw two, a cinder block through an already broken window and <laughs> celebrated like they had just won a million dollars. 
Yeah, like I'd love. I'll if- never let that. Da- I'll never let them live that down. Other people will forget. I will never forget that. Oh, I know. I know your propensity to never forget things, Dylan. We both know. Yeah, I'd love if. Uh, I I do want them to bring up Ollie. Just like, yeah, I hacked into SmackDown like fucking five months ago, and then I realized I needed a more direct method, so I hired a bunch of extras to throw <laughs> shit through window. I'd actually love if this was a reverse Dark Order. Where they just started losing people at ringside, and Ali's just like, yeah, the rest of them suck. You saw what it was like in the beginning, right? Those fuckers were nerds, now it's just us. Had to separate the wheat from the chaff, man. Mm-hmm. What's, hold on, what are the, it's retaliation and, Retro, um, No, wait, retaliation and, re, they're both renames. Re, tal, fuck. We talked about it last week. I can't believe I don't remember that. I know, right? I can't think of the other one. Uh, uh shit. Refundment. <laughs> Regicide. Oh, redundant. Re- That's it. Oh, no. But yeah, uh, I, that moment was probably one of the best tur- heel, quote-unquote heel turns of all time, where Mustafa is staring at T-Bar and Mace. And I'm down with calling him that now. I'm now used to it, which I, I think is a form of Stockholm Syndrome. And he's just like, I'm gonna beat you up. Just kidding. <laughs> Go get them, boys. <laughs> and you're just like chained up in the basement, cheering them on. <laughs> Bone Dog loves this. This is great. <sighs> and I do love Ricochet with a fucking kayfabe tweet. Hey, Ali. I don't agree with your actions of late. Can we talk? <laughs> it was so good. Although, I, I will say that I think that he... Wait, what the fuck? What is all this n- random news? Uh, I would love if Ricochet also joined them. Because now that'll be two people with not dumb names. And then you could have the five-on-five five Survivor Series. I'm sorry. You don't think Ricochet is a dumb name? <laughs> It's a name he's had all his entire life. Chuck Taylor didn't right, right, stop right, him. Right, right, right. But I want you to know if his name was like, was like, uh, fucking like the Puma. No, it was like, was like, uh, Xander like Richardson, and they changed his name to Ricochet. You would be acting the exact <laughs> same way as you were with Slapjack. Uh oh. Wow, okay. So. Apparently, some people are saying Mercedes may not be part of it anymore because he wasn't, she or she wasn't included in a tweet. But no, that's just because she's the one that it's hardest to come up with a reasoning for joining Retribution. Because like Slapjack was brought to the main roster by MVP, then thrown down. T Bar got his shit pushed in, and Keith Lee did nothing about it, basically. Dio Madden stood up for everybody and tried to fight Brock Lesnar, then got replaced. Mia Yim got beat up constantly. Mercedes is like, yeah, I came to the roster, and then I fucking was great, and then Rhea Ripley uh, beat me in a cage match. Like, hold on, you're kind of the one that don't belong here. (laughs) I think it's more of a thing of, like, she's a veteran, and she's back, and she's like, you fuckers overlooked me for, like, almost two decades. I'm gonna break everything. Yeah. Hold on, let me see. What is her... What's her name? I'm trying to see what... Now I've got her pulled up. It was like a a takeover name, because we joked about this, because it was takeover retaliation. Retaliation was her name. And then Reckoning was Mia Yim. Oh, uh, that's right. Reckoning. It's just, yeah, people are saying, like, she might not be in it. 
but that's a that's about it. Oh wait, apparently T Bar unfollowed her too. What the fuck? Poor Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You you do you. I. Dude, that would be so sad. Like, she finally gets in something, and they're just like, actually, no. Because I figured they'd have two females so they could go for the women's tag team championships. Yeah, and definitely win them. Especially with all this stuff, though, going on with, like, the new deals that they're having to be signed to, or that some people are uh, supposedly being forced to sign or change over to that involves Twitch rights and shit. I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, other raw news. Asuka called uh, Dana Brooke and um, Mandy. Mandy Rose's, yeah, Mandy tag team, uh, sexy muscle friends, <laughs> and uh, that's that's now kayfabe. That's that's now kayfabe. Let that be it. Let that be it. Oh my god! Can you imagine the 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 t shirt sexy MF? Oh, oh yes. shit! Yes, the sexy MFs. Yes. <sighs> well, WWE will never go for it, but <laughs> I want. I it. just got done watching this week's NXT, and um, boy, <laughs> NXT's championship is cursed, huh, y'all? First, you know what? You know what, man? You know what? It's time to do to the moon, <laughs> to the moon, baby. Cameron Grimes. <laughs> it's just like, well, apparently Cole, or uh, I'm sorry, Balor's. That I, I, I'm so used to Adam Cole having the title now that anytime I'm talking about the champion, I'm just instinctively like, yeah, Adam Cole's jaw got. Oh wait, it isn't him. Uh, Adam Adam Cole got his shit pushed in. <laughs> uh, Finn Balor's jaw is broken in two places, but apparently it's according to old Dave Meltzer, it's not that severe. It's just, you know, a normal jawbreak. Yeah, they'll put him in a leather mask, he'll be fine. It's more like, so like, it's a broken jaw, but if you see the things, it's just like there's a, a like a V-shaped crack. Like, yeah. if it had been like a full through the jaw break, then he would have been fucked. But like, if they just, they just wire his jaw shut for a month, he'll be alright. Uh, that's yeah. good. So that happened. I mean, honestly, part of me is like, oh, it's cursed. And then the other part of me is like, oh, they made him fight Kyle O'Reilly is what happened. Because holy shit, that match was good. That match was fucking fun. I mean, we predicted it, but that match was phenomenal. So I have this weird thing. Okay, so and I, I realized it more now that it's going on. So in the G1 climax, there are like, was it five matches a night times like what, 20 nights? ish 18 it's like a hundred a hundred matches basically yeah um of what is considered some of the highest level pro wrestling every year as far as i'm aware no one has ever been like they've gotten minor injuries and like sustained injuries no one has ever been like fully taken out of that except for a couple of times the like every takeover, somebody fucking gets injured. And I'm really wondering if it's the WWE style or if it's the fact that everybody's just trying too hard. Because like Kyle O'Reilly never broke somebody's jaw in like all the years of Ring of Honor and PWG and New Japan. Like fucking like Karrion Cross didn't fuck his shit up in all the years and impact and the like I don't know what it is about NXT and W but like the injury prone even now in like the fucking Thunderdome era and the 
the COVID era, like they're still getting injured. I can't think of why. Well, well, like you could always explain it, but like they had such a comparatively grueling schedule because they were doing house shows all the time. But now, like you said, COVID era, what the fuck's going on, y'all? Yeah, and I also think they're playing a lot of this up because, like, every week, the day after NXT, they do a injury report, whether it be kayfabe or real. So I do think, like, in Finn Balor's case, they could have easily just not brought it up and let him heal up. But, but people would have wondered where the fuck he was. Yeah, like he's that's- the champion, and he can't talk. <laughs> Yeah, that's well. No, he's still he's talking now. Like he was cutting promos today, so you could have him come out, cut promos, and then just be on no talk for the rest of the week to heal up. But I, I I think they play it up a lot. But also, yeah, I do think it might be a certain style because holy shit, like Carrion was not played up. Carrion was full on. Like, yeah, I can't defend this anymore. There was the dude on NXT that, like, he his leg fucked up off of just a catch from Oni Larkin. Uh, Ridge Holland, who just beat the fuck out of Adam Cole and was going into a storyline. But I, I will say, I, I don't think the storyline was fully Ridge-based, because... Every- oh, no, no, no. If, I don't know if you saw the worst acting ever from the rest of Undisputed Era. Um... Did you see what happened? Did you? Yes, <laughs> yes, fucking Bobby. He did see what everyone did. Where the fuck were you that you didn't see a guy toss your leader over the barricade? <laughs> it's just like I, I don't understand. Like, I, why baby faces have to become bland immediately? Because undisputed era are great. They are all charismatic. They all work well together. But now that they're baby faces, like their promo this week was just like. We didn't have a good weekend. <laughs> Cole got beat up and Kyle's dead. But we're coming back and we're coming for you, Ridge Holland, and that is undisputed. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But apparently Ridge Holland uh, got paid to attack Adam Cole, is what they are saying. Because when they asked him, why'd you attack him? He goes... Before I attacked Adam Cole, I did not have a Mercedes. I now have a Mercedes. That was the whole promo. That was the whole explanation. So at least we could be like, oh, who paid him to attack Adam Cole? Oh, gee, I wonder. Yeah. Um, I I feel like that's WWE syndrome. Because, like, fucking Ring of Honor doesn't even have that problem. Yeah. Like, AEW doesn't have that problem. Granted, there haven't been that many face and heel turns, but, like... You just let them be themselves still. They just are cool now. Like, I don't think Damian Priest ever was like, I'm a good guy now. He was just like, hey, I fucking party now, and I really like I Actually, I always partied, but, like, I'm gonna relax a bit. I was a bit uptight, being a bit of a dick, you know, blindsiding people, trying to end their careers. I was trying to be like, I was trying to be like new Baron Corbin, and I realized that didn't work out well for him, so now I party a fucking lot. Compare that to, like, let's say if Eddie Kingston at any time were to turn face, like, fully, he would do the same shit. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, he'd probably wrestle the same match. It really, I don't <laughs> think anything would really change. It'd probably be the exact same promo, too. It, 
Just you just you just aiming at a different person. There are yeah. some people that are just baby faces based on who they're fighting. Yeah. Also, oh, Jericho. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jericho. The uh, oh, also, uh, uh, Team Joshi forever once again successful. Yep. I I'm not gonna lie. Johnny came out with a ref shirt on, did a fast count, and then EO kicked out, and I was like, oh shit, okay. EO's winning. I just lost. I just lost this prediction series. Uh, good call. Can good I call? Can I uh, quickly state my favorite thing Michael Cole's ever been forced to say in commentary? <laughs> and it is <laughs> coming soon, October twenty sixth. Hell in a cell. Brought to you by Skittles. <laughs> like you couldn't get anyone else vent. You can't get anyone else to sponsor Hell in a Cell but Skittles. Chase the rainbow. Throw the rainbow off into the tables below. I want. You know what would have been. You know what would have been. Been better. Snickers. <laughs> yeah. You're not you when you're, you're hungry. You're, Hell in a Cell. It's, it's, it's a. It, and they do a commercial too. And it's uh, the Phoenix like, hey, listen, you're not the same when you're hungry. And he bites it and he turns into Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt. And that's, right. the, that's the whole, that's the whole commercial. Alexa slides a fucking Snickers into the mouth hole of the mask. <laughs> and he turns into Funhouse Bray. <sighs> I'm like, you have a video game out now. <laughs> Just have it be sponsored by your video game, Vince. That does give me hope, though, um, that we'll get to see the spot of a bucket of Skittles being dumped into the cell during a match. <laughs> no, the New Day aren't aren't tag team anymore, so that's not happening. Yeah. Uh, we already discussed it a little bit, but WWE are now officially taking over all third-party accounts. They are taking a cut of everything, but it's being... It's going against their downside, so at least they're not... Well, yeah, they are losing money. What am I saying? Yeah. Out. The great thing is that they're making people sign new contracts for it, and people are refusing because you Fuck can't yeah. force you can't force people to sign new contracts. Yep. Yeah. So unless they take that out by the time their contract expires, then fuck you. Um, and also, uh, also they can just not re-sign. Yep. Because for a lot of them, why not? Yeah. You make if you make enough money off Twitch. And do you have like WWE's treating you like shit? No. Uh, Andrew Yang, the fucking Democratic president, former Democratic presidential nominee, was like, "Yeah, fuck that." Actually, he said wrestlers are afraid to speak out, and I'm like, "Yeah," because Vince McMahon's a scary man. But also, like now there are options. I mentioned Yang last week as part of my baby face but he's been fucking killing it i don't know if he's a wrestling fan or not but he's really attached himself to the plight of wwe wrestlers it would be buck wild if he wasn't a wrestling fan but it'd be <laughs> real buck wild if he's like i know everything about wwe but also ah eh, whatever Stu he's a studious guy my favorite thing is that Paige uh, tweeted about unionization, and Selena like tweeted the like thinking emoji, and I was like, "Do it! Let Twitch be the thing that causes unionization in W. I will laugh for the entire cold open. That's what it'll be. 
just me laughing hysterically. If that's the thing that after all of the bullshit that WWE and Vince McMahon have pulled of exploiting workers as independent contractors, if it was motherfucking Twitch and Cameo, like if it was their greed finally got to them. Mm -hmm. And I will say, at this point in time, WWE is at their lowest amount of power over their workers than possibly ever. Like, maybe well, they're trying since, to fix that with those new contracts. Yeah, exactly. That's why. That's probably why they're doing that because it's like they have not been in this kind of situation for over twenty years. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, I would like to quickly give props to somebody that if you asked me earlier this year, I'd give them props. I wouldn't have believed you, but it's Jack Gallagher, who of course got called out during the speaking out movement alongside numerous other people people who have since uh tried to sue fuckers or released 18 minute videos where they look like they just ate a hot pepper but but uh gallagher has not said shit he basically got released and then disappeared which in my opinion is like yeah that's what you do yeah, but he he finally has come back and he goes following an allegation made in June 2020. Uh, I was released from my contract. I didn't release a statement then because it wasn't the right thing to do. I have now taken time to process what has happened and would like to respond. In 2014, I met a young woman and my behavior towards her was inappropriate. At this party nearly six years ago, I had drunk quite a larger amount of alcohol that night, unfortunately, and I do not recollect what happened. I wish to make it clear that drinking is not an excuse for what I did. I want to express my deepest regrets, and I'm genuinely sorry for the upset I have caused. Following the allegation, I proactively contacted the head of WWE Talent Relations to take responsibility, as I was aware that the woman who made the allegations and I had both attended the same party. I was then informed that this would be a breach of the company's ethic policy, and is what led to my release from my contract. This isolated incident is not reflective of my behavior towards women. As a man, though, I know I can do better, and with the support of my wife, I have taken the time over the last few months to understand what I can do. But this is not about me. It's about the women that come forward as part of the speaking out movement. I will continue to support women and this movement to the best of my ability. That's how you fucking react to it. That's what you do. You pay penance. You grow. You become a better person. Fuck. To, to, to be fair, uh, of all of the people named in that, Jack Gallagher from that tweet is the only one who wasn't actively horrible. <laughs> right? everyone else actively david star actively horrible like fucking travis banks actively horrible yeah fucking velveteen dream actively horrible and still employed still like, with a job now i will say i will say baby face of the week to Kushida because motherfucker there ain't nothing more satisfying than a pissed off tiny asian man beating the shit out of a pedophile on live tv that was <laughs> some good shit that um, was good did y'all see, uh, there was an interview, like, a response that Triple H had to Velveteen Dream, just kind of off the cuff, where he said, like, I I can't remember exactly, but his immaturity has gotten him into a lot of hot water. Yeah. Oh, no, his immaturity is getting in the way of his career. And everybody was like, I don't know if that's how I would phrase pedophilia. I don't think it's his image. <laughs> Guys, I don't think it's his immaturity. I think it's the immaturity of the people he's DMing on Instagram. <laughs> 
Yeah, there was that. There was that tweet you uh, you shared earlier with what's your uh, what's your earliest WWE memory? It's like nice try, Velveteen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on to AEW news. Firstly, holy shit, they are. I mean, obviously it's the anniversary show, but they are packing it to the fucking gills. Archer versus Moxley, FTR versus Best Friends, Cody versus. Orange Cassidy, I guess. Uh, but they're like, they're like, everything we can do, we're doing. Is Sheeta got a match? Um, I don't believe so. Honestly, this is where I was going to do... I would have done the Sheeta-Thunder Rosa rematch. Uh, let me see. And then also MJF is probably going to either join the inner circle or beat the shit out of Cody Rhodes. Or uh, beat the shit out of uh, Chris Jericho. He could beat the shit out of Cody again, but that'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm making an announcement. I'm going back five months and beating the shit out of Cody again. I don't know, man. Watching Chris Jericho beat the uh, the shit out of a clown Holy almost shit. made baby face of the week. There was a genuine fear in my heart when I saw that wig, and I said, did they fucking put Frank on AEW? Because if they brought Frank to AEW, I'm going to be very upset. But instead, it was a normal clown, but they still beat the shit out of that motherfucker. That's the best Judas effect ever, really. Best-looking Judas effect. Because that clown died. I watched a clown (laughs) die on television. And, like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because clowns. But... All right, let me see. Uh, le- okay, we have to read this whole thing, and I know I've already read something, but fuck. The Hangman Page press release after it was announced that he joined that tournament is the best thing I've ever seen. Every press release from Hangman Page only cements further that Hangman Page might be one of the best of like of his generation of wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, he has come so far from the beginnings of AEW, and that was just a year the ago. Decade. <laughs> um, there is one of these that you will read that made me lose my shit in the office today, and I'm very glad that there were only three other people there. I think I know exactly which one it is. Okay, uh, firstly, for a release as soon as they say it. After deep contemplation about half a bottle of scratch bourbon whiskey and chucking a dozen watermelons at a big red oak out the back of a pickup, Hangman Adam Page has decided to enter the single elimination tournament to decide a number one contender to the All Elite Wrestling World Championship. Hangman Adam Page has dictated his reasons for entering as follows. The tournament could provide Adam with his first opportunity to challenge for the AEW World Championship since his catastrophic and embarrassing loss to Chris Jericho at all out 2019 as a child hangman adam page parentheses unintelligible the voicemail devolved into a slurred monologue with the occasional yell followed by two minutes of silence (laughs) hangman adam page thinks that the AEW world championship is the best looking championship even more detailed and shiny than the tag team woods it looked cool as hangman's big ass belt buckle Blake, would you like to read the <laughs> the next one? <laughs> yes, please. Because I won't be able to say it without popping myself. <clears throat> to get ready for this sure-to-be-grueling tournament, Hangman Adam Page will be preparing with the following. To get his body into better shape, Hangman Adam Page will reduce his whiskey intake by only drinking every other day. 
Hangman Adam Page will continue to wear a mask in public, wash his hands, and social distance to avoid contracting COVID-19 to preserve the integrity of his lungs and his character. Hangman Adam Page will take virtual slackline lessons to better understand the way Phoenix of the Lucha Bro of the Lunch no, Bros. Yep. It does say Phoenix. Lunch, Lunch Bros. Bros. Yes, Lucha Bros. Um, bounces around on the ropes before hitting a maneuver. Hangman Adam Page will begin making up reasons to hate Colt Cabana. Despite his alignment <laughs> with the Dark Order, he has always been kind to Page. Evil Uno is nice recently, too, dissuading the rest of the Dark Order from attacking Paige during their match. Damn, that's weird. Hangman Adam Page will make an even further attempt to strengthen his religion so that he can pay- pray to God that he doesn't have to face Wardlow and his big muscle tits. <laughs> his big muscle tits. That's like back whenever uh, they asked, like, where were you? I was like, I was out kicking Jake Hager's sturdy ass. <laughs> this one, that one fucking killed me. And finally, to prepare for the possibility of winning the tournament, Hangman Adam Page will begin watching Renee's Instagram stories to learn current champion John Moxley's weaknesses. Page will also attempt to soften chat. Wait, by, by the way, Renee has responded to this just saying, Hope you like cooking videos and dogs, buckaroo. (laughs) (laughs) Paige will also attempt to soften challenger and possible champion Lance Archer with flattery, frequently finding excuses to tell him how handsome he's looking on Dynamite Days. If you'd like more information about Hangman Adam Paige's decision to enter the number one contendership tournament, tell him to piss off. I don't have time to do their stupid podcasts. God, I got so much shit to do right now. Are you still listening? Hello. And at the bottom is AdamPageWrestling.com, a link that does go directly to Vote.org. Because Hangman fucking rules. Oh, I, I, I love Hangman Page. Hangman Page may be my wrestler of the year. Speaking of horses and ruling, you think, you think Warhorse ever feels bad that he's the only person to take the open challenge and not get signed? Oh, I don't know. He's doing pretty well for himself. The Collective is this weekend. And speaking of The Collective, that is also where Effie's big ba- big gay brunch is happening. And Wait. Effie has been dis- Yep. We're not going to we're not going to talk about we're not going to talk about Luther. Oh, you can talk about Yeah, go ahead, bud. Oh, go come on. <laughs> the chaos. Go talk about that big old big old shaky man almost dying multiple times on my television because Chris Jericho wanted to fight him. Come on, Chaos Project as a tag team is actually decent. Like they're a low card tag team, like they're never going to win the championship, but they're actually like they actually have chemistry. They're actually decent. Like I said before, you have one work, work, workhorse guy, which is Serpentico, Snake Man, and then you have one veteran that helps put the match together and, like, tries not to die. And, like, those two roles are both executed perfectly. Also, in the Shaky Man match, all it really, <laughs> all it really made him look like, to me, was somebody that, like, knew he, like, was on his last, it was like the end of the wrestler. Like, he knew he was gonna die, but he was going through with it anyway. Like, he was, he was gonna leave it all in the ring. Like, every movie had, had that look to it, and, like, I respected it. I, I would <laughs> like to take this moment to say that I appreciate the both of you, how you are very critical about wrestling with very different things, and when those <laughs> opinions clash, it is, 
the greatest thing to have a front row seat. All right. Well, Effie, uh, is now I honestly should have made him baby face of the week because he had two separate interviews and both of them have some buck wild good shit. The first one, thinking about suing Joey Ryan, think he besmirched my image as a consensual pervert, which is what I fall into. I think by being featured now, there's a picture of me and Joey Ryan grabbing each other's dicks for a match. It was a funny end of the match thing. I had no idea. And now that ever it comes up when he's been in a scandal, he's costing me. I mean, it could be $20,000 a month. Could be less than that. But there's no telling how much money I'd be making if I wasn't associated wildly with him because I was tricked as a co-worker into believing he was someone he was not. We're talking to the lawyers to see what he could do with it fuck yeah if he sue this motherfucker get him get him i i love how fuck he's taking every argument that joey ryan made and turning it upside down because that's how flimsy they are and uh let's see after that he was talking about like having a bunch of chikara talent on different shows at the collective and he goes let me see if i can find the exact quote because i'm probably gonna end up in court with mike quackenbush i look at the chikara kids and technically quack owns all their rights i told every single one of them and i'll probably end up going to court i said fuck him use every bit of what you have use all of it and make him fight you because he has no place here and then he (laughs) just talks about like chikara and like how i would run it he goes i can we host a positive wrestling thing in your gym do something like that maybe he was just trying to get his handle not closer to any families or children damn effie damn you vicious bitch i love you fuck yeah uh and then of course uh ec3's coming to ring of honor because fuck it anyways patreon.com slash a load of bs so, so from where a, you can support the fuck boys. Come on, the ROH Pure Tournament has actually been decent. Like, oh really? I haven't seen any of it because reasons. Why do you? I was like, uh, why are you passing judgment on a company you know nothing about currently? Don't don't start. <laughs> Hold on, Dylan, who doesn't watch WWE? I actually do in bits How and pieces. Dare you? <laughs> You've watched none. I watched some of WWE. I at least watch the promos, read what's happening. You don't know who the people left in the pure tournament even are. Uh, unless it's Danhausen. <laughs> I don't care. Actually, no, isn't uh, Grisham's in it, isn't he? Or has he been eliminated yet? No, Grisham's still in it. Okay. One of the best. He's he's one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. He's obviously going to go far in the fucking pure tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who was in it? I can't remember because I know Dalton was, and I have. I don't believe he's probably not. <laughs> PJ Black's still in it. PJ Black actually doing decent in his new like weird. I really wish that I could get PJ Black and Matt Seidel as a tag team. Right, that's, that would be great. Um, PJ Black, by the way, biggest biggest change from a person from what they looked like in wwe to what they look like now because he went from like young high flyer sexy boy to ancient shaman who (laughs) will put a curse on you if you beat him in a match (laughs) yet still has the same level of actual talent right uh, anyways, patreon.com slash loadedbs, the website where you can support us, get access to exclusive content like Wrestling History X. Fuck, please give us money. Please. 
It's not that expensive for us to host things, but we do need money to help host things. And you can get it at Patreon. You know what, Gazi? You haven't re-upped yet. Go fucking re-up, you piece of shit. At patreon.com slash a load of BS. Dylan, who are we annoying? Oh, we're not. Are we going to, are we going to do, ask Brody to be number 69? Yeah, yeah, do it. Okay. Jesus. Hey, at this Brody Lee, can we join the Dark Order? And can we be, uh, can we join the Dark Order as the official podcast of D.O.? And if so, can we be number 69? Hashtag, please don't throw papers at me. Hashtag, throw papers at only Scotty. Hashtag, throw papers at Silver. (laughs) At John Silver. Okay. Now on to our heels and baby faces. I'll start with my heel because my heel's pretty basic. But um, having to watch wrestling every time it airs is, I'll just say it, the fucking worst sometimes. Because sometimes I'm like, fuck yeah, I get to watch NXT. Oh, hell yeah, Dynamite's tonight. Oh, no, I got to watch Raw. And that means sitting through an inappropriately large amount of six-man tag team matches. And I've made this clear on my reviews, but I understand the impetus behind this WWE. Well, we want to continue multiple storylines. We want to continue... We want to start a Rude and Ziggler versus uh, Street Profits rivalry. We want to continue McIntyre versus Orton. And clearly, we don't have enough time to do all of that in three fucking hours. No man, we gotta get commercials in there. <laughs> so let's put it in a let's put them in a six man where you don't get any enjoyment, where none of them look better coming out of it. And so that happened. Then we had Oscar, Dana Brooke, and Mandy Rose versus bad guys. And that happened. That was garbage. And then with the hurt business, it's a six man every week. I just I can't with these fucking six-mans anymore. It's their laziest excuse for getting a bunch of people on screen at once. Like, Mike Quackenbush, who I've already said is a shithead, once Uh famously said, to me, wrestling, every wrestler is like a color on a palette. And if you do a multiple-man match, that means you've got numerous colors to paint with. And that's true. Sometimes you can build a beautiful piece of artwork with even 10 wrestlers. But sometimes, and more easily, more easily, if you add multiple colors to a canvas, it turns doo-doo brown. <laughs> and that's what happens on WWE television every week, is they're like, let's put a bunch of people on the screen. Doo-doo brown for the next 15 minutes. It must be very depressing for you to then have to watch, like, AEW, where they've almost unofficially built a trios division. (laughs) (laughs) But at least there's a reason, right? Like, at least in that case, there's a reason why, like, Hybrid 2 and Kip would have hung out. They were, like, that was understandable. True McIntyre and Street Profits ain't never hung out. Like, we don't see them hang out outside of the room. How do you know that Drew doesn't want the smoke? I will be honest. There was a moment where, like, before their match, the Street Profits cut a promo. I don't know what they said, but it was good. And then Drew walks up. I'm gonna take out Randy Orton. And I'm like, please have a red solo cup. At least something. Like, because I, I think the only time this has worked is when heel Seth Rollins 
was with Heel New Day. Because then they were just uh, backstage doing funny shit constantly to show their alignment. The captain. Don't just, throw, don't, don't just put Asuka with Mandy and Dana. But sexy muscle friends. Sexy, sexy muscle friends muscle did happen friends. from that. Alright. Uh, Blakey T, would you like to go in on your heel? Because you know we're gonna be ranting about Dylan's. Yes. And I will try to keep it brief. As part of a moratorium for something beautiful that has is no longer with us. You see, in the year 2017, a great series was released. That's something that fans of uh, popular television series and wrestling could get together and enjoy at the same time. It was called Glow. It was a Netflix original. And it changed hearts and minds. Made us love and laugh, and now Netflix canceled it. Blake, have you watched Glow? Yeah. Okay. I love Glow. <laughs> that would have been the best fucking punchline to this. <laughs> Blake has never seen Glow. No, I was so. He's never. He doing... never saw the Big Show show, but he wanted that to continue. Uh, this is Netflix's war on wrestling continuing. Big Show show, and now this. Fuck, you're right. They're trying to get rid- they're trying to silence the wrestlers. They're trying to silence the wrestlers, man! To the point that, uh, fans of the show and many of the, uh, wonderful actors that they have, um, have taken to social media trying to get the show saved. I can understand that, trying to save your job, but it's also such a great show, too, and I think it's a great experience that most of them had. I feel bad for uh, for Taya Valkyrie because she got cast for this season and like had shot things. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they brought in um, you know, and they Kong. brought in wrestling talents like to be actual characters, like you said, like Kong, and it was great, man. I fucking loved Glow, and I'm sad. They took away Kong from the Nightmare Collective to do Glow, and now we won't even get it. Man! Fuck Netflix! Netflix, you're my heel. I only got, like, one- I only saw one episode of Glow. I was like, it's It's pretty good. Oh, no. It was alright. Uh, Dylan? Dylan, it's time. Uncork the bottle. So, (laughs) Destroy. um, So y'all remember- in WWE, when Luke Harper won the Intercontinental Championship, and then oh, like no. a month later, in a ladder match against Dolph Ziggler, he lost the Intercontinental Championship. You So you remember how, like, at least storyline, that made sense and had a payoff later because Dolph Ziggler won that Survivor Series? Yeah. Right. So, like, take away all the good parts of that, and then you have Brody <laughs> Lee's TNT title reign. because Cody Rhodes decided that the best thing to do after coming back from shooting was to beat the person that beat him up in a, in a stipulation match clean, thus ending, thus giving us the shortest title reign in AEW history so that he could get the belt back and then cut a bullshit babyface promo like anyone gave a shit. And then decide next week to fight a guy who got a title shot three weeks ago. No one else, not Darby, no one else Cody can have a great match with. 
Orange again. I kind of hope Orange beats him. I kind of hope <laughs> Orange beats him. I kind of hope. And I kind of hope that this whole thing goes sideways. Yeah, I'm hoping that there's more to this story. I'm hoping that there might be like Cody actually turning heel next week and then pulling a. But I'm doing it for the fans thing. So here's the like, thing. I don't know. Um, I, I thought it over. And all of the long-term things, like the consistent things that are wrong with AEW, are directly related to Cody. Nightmare Family, yeah. The Nightmare Family, the Nightmare Collective, the TNT title match the first time, all of the overbooked TNT Championship defenses, and now this. So, like, everything... That has consistently been a problem. Every overbooked match, the MJF match, everything. The only consistently bad thing in AEW is unfortunately one of their EVPs. Yep. I, uh, I'm so happy Tony stole that book away from Cody. I was like, I still don't know where it is. We're just going to have to wing it this week while quietly handing scripts to everybody from behind his back. <laughs> and for me, like... I know a lot of people enjoyed that dog collar match, but for me, what we saw was, yeah, there was some some uses of the dog collar, and by that, I mean Cody putting the chain around his hand, that he did that move about 500 different times, even as the chain would come. There was a moment where the chain came undone, and Cody just kind of grabbed it and kept punching, even though the chain wasn't wrapped around. The only point in the match where I said, it's a cool thing that there's a chain involved is when he wrapped it around Brody's head and then started punching him. Like that was, I was like, okay, this will be, there was the, sure. there was the bit I, where uh, Brody pulled a get over here by pulling Cody off the, oh, yeah. the top rope. That was good. But for the most part, it was just an extreme rules, Matt. This was Cody wanting to pay tribute to the past, wanting to pay tribute to one. And like, in some ways that works like what a, the, uh, the moment of greatness thing FTR is doing. That's a very old school NWA, AWA kind of thing. And it works. This was an extreme rules match where, Hey, by the way, there's going to be some slippery steel in between you constantly. And you will trip. It's not a, Try not to. You will trip. Like, Brody hit a super kick and just fell, pratfalled in the middle of the match. Yeah. And I'm trying, because there was a lot of bullshit that I did not like about this fucking match, including them doing the best spots during the commercial break. Uh, and then, like, anytime they fell or took a bump, they'd have to kick their legs like newborn babies to try to escape from the dog collar wrapped around their legs. Um, to, to me, a dog collar match, and I said this in my review, needs to have viciousness to it. It needs to seem like a shoot fucking fight at some point. This had way too many of the grandiose trappings of professional wrestling around it, which I guess is because Cody Rhodes was in Re it. Replace, I was going to say, replace the word professional wrestling in that sentence with, with Cody. This had all <laughs> of the grandiose markings of Cody. 
Yeah. And then you just kind of go I from there. I will say this. The, uh, there was one moment where Brody got up and signaled for the, uh, the clothesline. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, bud, don't, don't do that. This, you're 500 miles into this match. You don't need to tell us what you're doing. Just do it. Kill him. But yeah, no, that Anyways, was uh, crossroads. Cody wins. Fuck him. Yeah, no. Yeah, so that was that was some bullshit. No one I know of. Cody like may that. have the distinct honor of being the only person to be the top babyface in one year and then top heel in the next year. Yeah, it, uh, and it's strange to see how it, it, he's changed because, like, the reason that we started to love Cody in 2019 was his match at All In, which is probably the best thing he's done in AEW by far. Double um, or nothing. Double or nothing. That's what I meant. Um, but like, um, I don't know that promo he cut before Jericho, the match with Jericho is probably my favorite thing he's done so far. The, his book, a lion's tale, which you can get on Amazon for three dollars. Yeah. That's probably my favorite thing he's done is that promo. He's also had some good matches, but like his storylines have just never really got up to it. Which is why, so like, there's a part of me that's like, okay. And, I've, and this has only gone wrong on me once. Unfortunately, it was also something involving Cody's family. But I, anytime I'm very upset with, with AEW with something, I give it two weeks. And then if by two weeks I, no long, I, I still feel upset about it, then it's legitimate. Like the best friends not winning against Hangman and, and Paige. Two weeks later, some other stuff happened with the Hangman Omega storyline where I was like, okay, fine. They have two weeks. If in two weeks Cody doesn't do something that makes me feel like justified that the fucker has this belt, then so help me God. Yeah, in my in my review notes, I literally wrote in all caps, y'all motherfuckers better have a good damn reason y'all did this. I mean, it's I'm at this point, I actually do trust them. I'm just like... As, as long as this doesn't take the Dark Order off of a prominent spot in AEW or just moves them to BTDO being the Dark Order. I don't know, man. Fucking John Silver beat QT Marshall yesterday on Dark, which was great. Hit the spin oh my doctor. God. I, I wish John had stuck around at the dog collar match because in the beginning he just kind of became Brody Lee's scapegoat because Cody was just beating the shit out of John and ignoring Brody. And silver bladed for it. Yeah, my favorite. He tweet. He tweeted afterwards, like like pictures of that he's like, I wasn't even in the match. <laughs> I love when they came out afterwards, and he had a fucking full on like cartoon bandage wrapped around his head. Jesus, I wonder if the eventual end of the Dark Order, which I hope doesn't happen anytime soon, is just all of the members realizing that they have more power than Brody. Yeah. Uh, well, on to Dylan. Dylan, would you like to start Baby Faces because you have the easiest segue? Yeah, dude. I was already doing that because it's John Silver, <laughs> a.k.a. the highlight of everything he's ever in. <laughs> BTE segment? John Silver's got you. John Silver's <laughs> got you, man. Fucking him him in five this week. <laughs> he's just, just like, I hate listen, you! Listen, I know you don't like me very much. No, you're you're horrible. <laughs> Listen, I need you to get need to get your head out of your ass. 
wipe the shit off of it, and get it together. <laughs> the bit with, uh, oh, the bit with Ten where he's, like, slapping his pecs, being like, look at them titties. Wanna get milk Just out of that. Just being creepy. Johnny Thirsty. And my favorite, I don't think Brody knew that was happening, because as Brody came in, he's like, I wasn't even, like, coming in for a bit. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he's, like, starting to corpse a little bit. Yeah, no, the, uh, then there's the, the match on Dark against QT Marshall, which is actually a good match. Like, granted, he got the win through assistance because, you know, Dark Order. Dark Order. But there were, like, they were talking about how he had earned enough respect that he doesn't have to wear the stupid mask anymore. And, uh, like, so you get to see his, uh, his pretty face. But, like, there were times where he, like, he was beating the crap out of QT and, and Evil Uno was there. He was like, high five. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was good. It was good shit. I love, I love the Dark Order. I love everyone in it. I love the the fact that they're building Anna J as some kind of like freak of nature that can like out bench press ten and like all this other shit. It's I, great. The, the best part of that was still Evil Uno. This is for you, Atar. <laughs> love I love you, Biggie. Biggie. <laughs> Oh shit! All right, Blake, I'll would do you? It. I'll uh, fucking do it. Blake, would you like to show the audience why you are now Hollywood Blake Tanner with your baby face? I'm Hollywood Blake Tanner because my baby face this week is just a continuing saga of Hollywood Batista. Um, wow, 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 where somebody had asked him about uh, what it was like working with asthma being a wrestler. And Scotty, I think you mentioned you didn't know that he had asthma. I, I remember him. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he also interviewed and he said, yeah, people didn't know this, but I just hid inhalers under the ring, which I do think would be hilarious during an Extreme Rules match is his opponent pulls it up, pulls out the inhaler and just goes <gasps> and then throws it. it yeah, um, his uh, his tweet is, I hid inhalers under the ring, and with people working around the ring. I'm not kidding, the cold venues were my nightmare, which must suck for someone with asthma. Um, but he's, uh, I mean, t- honestly, all the more props to him for that, especially, like, being uh, older compared to most wrestlers when he started wrestling, um, to do it with asthma. That's got to be super fucking hard. And that the fact that, like, he is such a proponent of, like, not getting this terrible pandemic virus. Um, and, you know, this really highlights why he's also um, been giving it to, uh, to our COVID-positive president on Twitter uh, over the last week, which really, yeah, makes me, uh, makes me happy. I, I like Batista. Batista's a great dude. Fuck yeah, Batista. You remember that bit where he got angry at Chuck Taylor because Chuck Taylor made a joke tweet about Ribera? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I linked you guys that. There is a Twitter account that just has all of Chuck Taylor's deleted tweets. Yeah. And it was a great 15 minutes of reading all of those. <laughs> well, my baby face of the week is uh, the Capitol Wrestling Center. Because... It was the dumbest description of anything I've ever heard. Because they're like, we're going to take all of the advancements made in the uh, WWE Thunderdome 
and give them a heavy metal spin. We're gonna make it hard rock and unique. And I said, this is gonna be fucking stupid. And it wasn't. It is so fucking badass. You have a giant X at the front of the stage with more screens around that. So every entrance looks insane because the screens around the uh, it's it's a beautiful combination of what they were doing at full sale and what they're doing with the Thunderdome because you can still have fans up there on the screens, but you also have wrestlers in the audience watching. So you don't have to like you behind fences, yeah, behind chain link fences, which looks cool. Yeah, yeah, it looks like fucking Mad Max. And so I was, I was like, okay, that looks, it looks pretty cool. And then, um, oh, oh yeah, the opening match was Damian Priest versus Gargano. Priest's entrance, which is uh, objectively one of the dumbest things I've ever seen, where he shoots a fake arrow, looks very fucking cool now everything looks 10 times better it actually does give it a mad max underground fighting kind of vibe and i love it like i love the way it makes everyone's entrance look it also it it makes it to where you don't have to film with the hard camera facing the stage itself because there are screens everywhere so when tony storm came on and was like hey i'm going to be coming here instead of having to put her on the stage they put her on the screen where the hard cam is so you don't have to keep shooting it was very clever i really fucking love the cwc it adds so much to nxt and it's everything that the thunderdome should have been because you still have fans from home but also you have a live audience there cwc kicks ass speaking of mad max we're just gonna we totally glossed over the fact that ember moon is back and was the spoiler thing that we thought bo dallas was oh yeah how did i for- how did i Shit. forget that that was so fucking... That's my other baby face of the week. Because she came back this week, didn't miss a step. Also, she's made the uh, the Eclipse uh, a lot less hard to botch. Because that was a Starship Pain kind of move where, like, one out of two times it's going to look really good. But also, you could fuck it up. Instead, oh, wait, what now, did she do to it? I hadn't. I didn't see that bit. Um, well, you know, it used to be opponent facing away in turnbuckle jump up have to do a corkscrew over them instead now she has them kind of off to the side so when she jumps she can aim and basically plan her shot as she turns and corkscrews into the stunner it's a it's like a very slight change but it's enough to make it easier to hit and make it a lot better oh but do we still get the mickey james level sell I y'all it was this week Dakota Kai died. Yep. <laughs> Dakota Kai Stone Cold got murdered. Um I also will say with the Capitol Wrestling Center, I think this is the next evolution of WWE experimenting with augmented reality and it's going to get more buck wild. More than the floating sandals of Matt Riddle. How is it where's the augmented reality coming in? Uh, just like uh, adding all of these screens and stuff, like oh, I think okay. that that's like the uh, the next step in this evolution. Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't consider because now you can do it anywhere. Yeah, I wouldn't consider that like augmented reality as much as just like having some screens. For me, augmented reality is when you have that big horrifying statue of Roman Reigns, <laughs> just like, at the beginning of all of his entrances. <laughs> 
No, I think they'll start fucking around with them though. Like they're not going to start adding 3D images into the screen or into the hard cam anytime soon. But I think it's a good step in the right direction. Yeah. Well, on to our final discussion, and it's going to be very short because I'll be honest, I just kind of want to watch this movie, and I needed to come up with an excuse for something for our closing discussion. But holy fuck, Cage Fighter's going to rip, huh? I I only watched one trailer, and I immediately said, this movie's going to be dumb, but also it's going to be fucking phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Was it the one with uh, Moxley's, like, promo in it? Yeah, yeah, what it is, is it is a Cage Fighter who their manager is like, you know what the next big thing would be? You need to fight fucking Randy Stone, the wrestling champion. And they're using shots from AEW so they don't have to actually film Moxley in a fake wrestling thing. So it makes it seem more real. And then uh, also Christian was in the trailer, which made me very happy. (laughs) I was like, oh, Chuck Liddell, this is going to be mostly MMA guys. Fucking Christian? Christian? Good. Christian, at last. Which leads me to ask, what uh, what wrestling movie needs to happen? What's our next one? What's our next good one? Whether it be casting a wrestler or, I no. That by the way, that's that's one of the uh, the deleted uh, Chuck Taylor tweets. It's like, without bad wrestlers aren't acting. It's a fucking miracle that three of them have become movie stars in the current era. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a great way to separate the good from the bad actors. Because, like, there could be some great wrestling promos that just don't adapt to acting. And then there's people like Batista who's like, I'm just going to take some classes, y'all. Just going back to Batista. Going back to Batista on this Blake's obsessed. Perfect, perfect, perfect example, though. Perfect example. And then there's John Cena, who is just John Cena in all of his roles, and it works. Yeah. Or it's just, rock. am I funny is- John Cena, or am I normal John Cena? Or The Rock. Or am I crazy John Cena? He was just The Rock in most of his roles. Every movie, you could just call him Dwayne, replace his name in the movie with Dwayne Johnson, and it would be exactly the same movie. Moana, discovering the, <laughs> the ancient Hawaiian god, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Ironically, that is the movie where he is the most Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. I would give anything to, for for The Rock to come back to WWE and his first line would be, you're welcome. Fuck. And then Damien Sandow. <laughs> and then immediately after he says, sorry, Chris. So, uh, I don't, I kind of want Eddie Kingston in a movie. I just don't know what the movie would be. That would be some hardcore shit. I want it to be like a, like a, like a cop film. And then he's not the main bad guy, but he's, like, the lieutenant who's just, like, yelling at people and, like, giving promos. Like, you're gonna let this, you're gonna let these two little motherfuckers, we built this empire for years (laughs) with blood and sweat and dead bodies. And you're gonna, and, like, it's just that kind of promo. I mean, I love that. He he deserves to be the mouthpiece. And people are going to come in here and see us eating Sour Patch Kids <laughs> for 14 Eddie, years. Eddie Kingston's so good. I wish his shirt was better. Actually, alternatively, I wouldn't mind an AEW version of the Cannonball Run. Like, all the best friends on one thing, Miro and Kip Sabian in a car with video games that you can play as you drive. 
By the way, that's the most I popped during the uh, during AEW this week is when it panned to ringside and everyone's singing Judas at the top of their lungs celebrating Chris Jericho. And then it cuts to Kip Sabian and Miro who have an arcade cabinet at ringside. I don't know where they got it, but they have one. And to your point, it needs to just be like, they can't have separate characters. This has to be the AEW guys doing it. Like, the movie would have to start after an AEW taping. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be like, AEW is finally going back on the road, and their first show is in California, and they have to race to get there. And whoever gets there first gets a tag team title shot. Oh no, it's just Tony Khan playing up the Tony Khan is like, hey, listen... We've been stuck here for a while, so I thought I'd do something fun. First first car to California. He just opens up a briefcase, million dollars. <laughs> and the young bucks and the young bucks are just like coasting. They're like, We don't need a fucking million dollars. Yeah, dude, you just want to road trip it? <laughs> and then they ju- you just show th- show them randomly super kicking other teams just for shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. And they somehow st- are the ones that make it there first. Oh, no, they almost do. They get serious at the end. That's their downfall. Yeah, and then, like, a, uh, they're about to cross the finish line, and then an orange hits them at the windshield and splats again, and they crash, and then best friends win. Yeah, I was about to ask, who do you think is most deserving to win that? But no, you're right, best friends. They would be the funniest people. They make it half, they make it most of the way there, but in the end, they're like, I don't know what we're going to do, man. We're screwed. Hold on. Let me make a call. <laughs> and then that thing happens, and then you just see Sue driving them. She, like, Tokyo drifts the van. <laughs> Passes by the Young Bucks. You see her flip them off. <laughs> and then they cross the finish line. Perfect. Tony Khan call us. This is a good This is a good bit. Like, even if it was just for, like, one show, this is a bit that I like. I mean, hell, just do, like, an extended five-part series on being the elite fuck it to get to california their new their new home (laughs) all right well what did you boys learn this week um god what did i learn this week Uh, dylan go dylan go all right fine uh i learned that uh the members of the dark order uh have somehow managed to uh suck the talent out of Orlando and inject it into Jacksonville. Uh-huh. Um, I learned that no matter what role you put him in, babyface, heel, tweener, Eddie Kingston is still going to build his empire off of dead bodies. <laughs> and I learned that Blake Tanner loves Batista so much. Where can people find y'all on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. And you can find me here on the BS Network I every single to- week. I thought you were about to say you can find me at BatistaFan32 on Twitter. <laughs> well, no, no, he has his he has his Instagram. How big is Batista's dick? <laughs> ah, you found me out. <laughs> listen, listen, y'all. Uh, I'm, that bounty's still up. Five hundred dollars to the person that gets the real pick. Scotty, I want you to. I I I know what we're sending. Uh, we're sending Blake for for Christmas. We're just gonna send him Batista T-shirts. <laughs> Oh no, I'm gonna find a full-on cardboard cutout of Batista and just ship it. I'm just gonna leave it, like, right, um, <laughs> right at the front door, so one day my roommate walks into Batista. Yeah. I was gonna, oh, I thought you were gonna, 
I thought you were going to put it right behind you next to your bed so I could watch you as you sleep. <laughs> I can move him. Batista watches over me. <laughs> I'm going to put him behind me so, like, you guys get to see him, too, during the recordings. Oh, good. So his dick's right next to your head? Yep. yep. That's how big it is. <laughs> you can... You can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S C O T T Y E M O and check out all my other podcasts at a load of And if you only listen to us as a podcast, check out the Fight Boys YouTube channel for JWF Monday Night Edition, JXT Wrestling Developmentally Unstable. It's a big fake wrestling world. We've created all our own, and you can get that on YouTube. Boys is spelled with a Z. Always spell boys with a Z. Special thanks to oh, our uh, good friend Megaran <laughs> for our entrance music, Fighters. Uh, be sure to check out Megaran and all his endeavors, uh, including his own uh, podcast, Matt Mania. Uh, those guys are really cool. They did a podcast with us, even though, well, twice, even though they A, didn't know who we are, and B, decided to bring us back, even though they then knew who we are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sourcing oh, me uh, on that. And Random Encounters is his other show he's got, too. And Kenny Omega was on Random Encounters. Check that out. And as always, you can find us at aloadofpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show Brody Lee. Because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life! <laughs>